Okie dokie, let's do this. Okay, can you hear the sirens? Can you hear the sirens? <laughs> I can, I cannot hear the sirens. Okay, no. well, I hope that my um, microphone doesn't pick it up because I was out of studio today. We don't really have a studio. I was, I'm on not, the Not really. But we kind of um, attended a really amazing, the reason why you're in New oh, yeah, York, New York. City mm-hmm. is because um, Kara <laughs> was the producer on this incredible film entitled In Passing, which may sound familiar um, because it was written and directed um, by one of our previous featured artists, Martin Blanco. The mm-hmm. film was screened in Times Square, the AMC yeah. theater, which was, um, awesome. which was that was amazing. incredible. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, it was on and the And it was screen. even better that Rebecca came out. Of course. Support, and our friend Irish. Yeah. yeah, who will also be a future artist, um, featured artist. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it was just so amazing to see Kara's name scroll on the big screen. And um, thank you. Yeah, thank you, it was thank it was uh, an incredible accomplishment. So congratulations to Kara and Martine. <laughs> we're so we're so excited uh, to have Katie Byford on, who is a poet, a filmmaker, an artist, a activist collaborator so collaborator everything so many different things that katie does across disciplines i think my favorite is that her club got shut down for being too diverse in what they did in, in, <laughs> yeah. in university so um <laughs> but katie yeah. will go into that we'll get into that story in a little bit um it was so amazing to have katie on i've been looking forward to this for a while and yeah i just think really lovely conversation so really lovely and um yeah wonderful human being (laughs) also and yeah enjoy she her I am based in London and I'm a poet um, I'm a filmmaker um, I do stuff in the arts I guess um, <laughs> I'm a mess <laughs> there we go I think that's like a true sign of an artist when you're like I do a little no. bit of everything <laughs> yeah I'm glad you said that I think <laughs> well especially in film too you know I feel like I, I don't know if you relate but I feel like film is a big collage most of the time absolutely so. yeah we, we're always um yeah saying that we do this one specific thing to market ourselves to whoever we want to whoever's team we want to be in or whatever work we want to do but it, yeah the reality is very different um yeah. I love how you bag. just said that literally because <laughs> I was so I went to film school and I was so frustrated because every you know they sit you down they're like okay who in this room wants to be a director and inevitably like probably 80% of the room like raises their hand and you're sitting around you're looking at the other 80% (laughs) raise their hand with you and you're like oh fuck um but then also just the narrative is always oh we have to do this one thing so I'm excited to speak with you and find out about the multitude of things that you do so well (laughs) so many things yeah so so many things and you're so talented in like all of those (laughs) mediums so I mean Let's just get into it. We typically like to start at the beginning, and I'm realizing that whenever we say we typically like to start at the beginning, it's always the same phrase every episode, <laughs> so maybe I have to start changing it up. <laughs> so it's always like when I'm editing, it's always like, Rebecca, you always say we typically like to start in the beginning, <laughs> so I mean, that's fine that it repeats. It's consistent, right? Hey, it's okay. It can become a thing. Um, Branding. Yeah. <laughs> As you just talked about it. Anyway. So yeah, we typically like to start in the beginning. What medium did you start out in and um, what inspired you to explore others? Well, so I, I began with poetry. And I kind of feel like poetry informs all of the other things that I do. And that sounds quite potentially pretentious. But I, I mean, I don't know. It, it feels like 
yeah, that's where it all began. I mean, it really began when I wrote um, love poetry to my, my neighbour oh. <laughs> when I was eight years old. So I'd literally like only been introduced to Shakespearean sonnets. So I was like, oh okay, this is what poetry is. Oh, and I fancy this person. So, so yeah, that was, that was how it began. Um, very, yeah, um, illustrious beginnings. And then, uh, yeah, it, um, I, I kind of, I, I, I was, I got in a habit of, quite like young actually like kind of writing most days I think like it was all crap but it was you know it was getting it on the page and getting in a habit of doing it which is much better than actually what I do now um and I actually like got so I I submitted a poem for this competition this kind of award that um is for young people um and got commended in that um and wow. that's called the Fo the Foil Young Poets, so that's a UK based yeah, thing. Wow. Um, and then um, and then I was trying to look for like a I was I basically trying to find poets my age yeah. and kind of um, yeah felt this big void in my life mm. of like I was whenever there were assignments at school like to write stuff I would always write poetry and be feel really like weird for, do, for doing that um and for like coming out of this thing and I don't know I felt quite like alone in it and literally saw a um I, I went to a few like writing groups but they all had like older people in them and yeah. I think those are yeah. legitimate in, this, in of themselves but there wasn't anyone of my age so I saw um on the last day of the deadline submission I saw the Barbican Young Poets wow. um course being advertised yeah. and I was like that's it that's what I want to do and <laughs> and I and I entered it got right in there on the deadline and um and I got and I got in and um yeah and it was before like now when you get in it's super competitive and you have to like go to these like open day type things mm. where you where they talk with you and see if you're like the right person for the course but at that point it wasn't as competitive so I kind of just got in and um yeah it was it really changed my life so that was a really big big deal um for yeah what happened that was when I was 15 I think Whoa, I yeah. was wow. 15 or 16 now I was quite quite young um and that's for I think you can you can now be up to the age of 30 but at that, at that point it was like up to the age of 25 so I was talking with like a really broad range of yeah. poets all, mm -hmm. of all these like different ages from um yeah uh, and and was one of the youngest yeah, <laughs> yeah, so awesome. it was a bit like yeah how did that experience being with all these different how first of all how many people were in the program at that time Ooh, it must have been about 18 or 20 people oh so super it was like a, small yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah it was it was really small it was like a once fortnightly mm. like two two hour wow. workshop oh it's wow. so okay. amazing so yeah how it was, was it was incredible I'd be interested to know what it was, what was it like learning from your peers at such a mixed age range and being so young? What was that like? It, I mean, it really, yeah, it changed everything because mm -hmm. I had never met poets my age. <laughs> I actually, I kind of underestimate how profound that was. And uh, what we used to do was we used to, um, they obviously in the, in the session, we would workshop, we, we would kind of do free writing, which is kind of automatic writing mm -hmm. almost. Mm -hmm. Um, but with a prompt mm -hmm. um, and you just don't edit you just write um, and between the sessions we would be like invited to submit poetry either that we'd worked on previously or that we'd worked on based on like a challenge in the session mm -hmm. and that would be at that point I don't know what they do now but at that point um, there would be one or two poems that would be handed out at the beginning of the next session that people had sent in and there would be anonymous like there would be no name on them and you would, as a group, um, critique the poem in a really respectful way yeah, yeah. That, um, that, was, that was challenging, but also, and that, you know, people would disagree. They'd be like, actually, no, I really like this bit in it, like, or, you know, um, but, and you didn't have to say, this is my poem. You, you could volunteer that at the end of the critique if you wanted mm -hmm. to. Um, but that was, yeah, extraordinary, because it, it really allowed people to open up yeah. and say what they really felt about a poem without being, like, really dismissive about it yeah. mm -hmm. as you as you might experience in like the non-poetry world yeah, where yeah, people are like yeah. oh poetry sucks um so yeah that was yeah we do not believe huge, that we yeah. love poetry on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> we do we amazing yeah wow that's incredible wow yeah truly i mean to be so young and then and then how did you how did your journey kind of continue forward and how did it 
devolve or not devolve like how did it shape into these other interests yeah totally so I was with the program for I think it was like four years so it was when I was 15 all the way through to when I basically when I went to university and um yeah over the course of that got to do lots of performance opportunities and like worked with some like like institutions or or whatever Mm -hmm. and um for very little commissions and then I went to university and um kind of almost felt like I'd left the London bubble like it Mm -hmm. It very much is a bubble, but I didn't really realise it. So I had this sort of heartbreak <laughs> in London, and, uh, which sounds horrible. I mean, if you're like not from London, you're like, God, what? <laughs> but um, yeah, it, um, so I, I went to university and I went to Durham University, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is in the northeast of the UK yeah, and is kind of known for being where all of the like Oxford rejects go, oh. which I must say I am one of them. So <laughs> it's okay. My people. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, but it, it's quite an interesting university in that it's like I don't know if this is too much information I kind of go off piece no please we're, so this is like, awesome. it's awesome okay cool um well it doesn't have an art school mm. it there, like there was at one point an art school mm. in Newcastle mm. but for obvious reasons Newcastle were like like if you know Newcastle versus like they're very different places Newcastle art school is very renowned today and became its own thing so um it doesn't have an art school so it doesn't have a kind of an arty crowd mm. really mm. and there wasn't a lot of interaction between all the different amazing things that were happening like there was amazing musical theatre happening there was there were incredible orchestras all across like the university campus and um yeah there were people individually making visual art but there was nobody um and th- there wasn't much of a poetry scene like there wasn't there was a poetry society at that point but it was kind of like an open mic and people would stand up and read the poem yeah. and sit down and, <laughs> yeah, and you know, that yeah, kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so I wanted to like join up all of those different strands I basically. So I, yeah. yeah, so that's, that's when I set up this arts, arts collective, mm-hmm. you might, I, I guess, um, called Thorn and yeah, we ran events and our idea was every event is different. Every event has more than one art form involved and we are all volunteers and we kind of just, make it happen yeah. and, and wow. recoup what we spend on it through the ticket sales yeah. and yeah um it, which is kind of it sounds really kind of basic um for anywhere else but in Durham it, it it sort of it did change things and now there's a lot more happening in Durham which is great so that's wow. yeah. awesome. I mean so I have to laugh because NYU is often also the like Ivy School reject so I understand completely <laughs> that sentiment yeah and, um <laughs> But it, and I also laugh because one of our, uh, our president always makes fun of Columbia because they are in their own little bubble. It's like, but NYU is its own bubble, whatever. I, I, I digress. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I felt that kind of absence between like the, I don't know, Rebecca, maybe you can speak about this too from your experience, but just like there was like at the collegiate level, there's like an absence of engagement amongst different disciplines that I found mm. incredibly strange and kind of disheartening. Um, so it's awesome that you did that and that you were able to do that and, and had this positive impact that you could see in your community. I mean, that's amazing. What was it? What was your first event? I'm curious. <laughs> oh, wow. Our first event was like we uh, we, we advertised it. Um, it was totally free. Mm-hmm. So because I was like, we need to get people in the yeah. I mean, like, yeah. unknown. Yeah. So it was completely free. It was like it was it was a gig slash poetry night mm-hmm. um, w- with I think that I think that was it. We might have had some art as well, mm-hmm. like on the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, <laughs> like everyone came because we had a stall at that point at the the um, the 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 union um so the the like student union we later got rejected as a as a society so we were like that's fine (laughs) um because we were too cross-disciplinary cross-disciplinary um you were too cross-disciplinary yeah we weren't specific enough they said so we yeah. What? Okay. You are right. doing too many good things. Yeah. So well, well, therefore. Well, it, well, yeah, I I mean I could go into it, but no, no, I but mean that was kind of darn problem anyway. Uh, um, mm-hmm. nothing nothing against like no, no, people no. that run the union or anything, but it was that was yeah, yeah, that was a thing. So um 
yeah, so we we had the stall mm-hmm. and all the at the freshers' fair. Everyone was like taking the leaflets, and I was mm-hmm. like, I hope we get some people. And, and everyone like, showed up. Literally packed out wow. for the first event, and to the extent where the police were called what? because we'd like wow. oh um, exceeded the capacity <laughs> of this place. Wow. Um, wow. And. So yeah, and then we had to like yeah send send some people out to had to say like you have to go sorry. Um, anyway, so that was it was good. It was great. That's great. Which is, I love <laughs> I love that story. That's wonderful. But it kind of I mean this experience really forged uh, a path for you, which is pursuing a career in arts that crosses so many different mm. disciplines. I mean. You've done so many fruitful collaborations, including the one you're doing now, which we'll get to <laughs> later. But um, what is what is your favorite part about collaborating and working with um, other artists in different mediums? Um, I think it's all. I mean, it's it doesn't. It just feels natural. Like it doesn't feel like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I. I don't know a single artist that doesn't listen to music. Like, yeah, right. I, there are there are people that aren't into. I mean, there are people that aren't into music. I know it's shocking. Yeah, Every it's time strange, I talk to yeah. one of them, I'm like, okay. Um, and but I, it it just it feels like everything influences us, whether we whether we know it or not. Mm. Um, yeah. So it, it it and I I kind of I learned instruments when I was younger. Mm. I. Um, I, I like to draw. I don't know. I, I I kind of was already interested in all these different things. It actually got to a point where I had to be like, okay, like I had to sit myself down and be like, okay, you're not doing that anymore. You're not doing that anymore <laughs> because it just got too much. But the collaborative aspect is is lovely for that reason because you don't need to be the total expert in what yeah. you're doing. I mean, that's the problem with doing too many things mm-hmm. is that you don't actually get to put in the time in what mm-hmm. you know in. In, in each of those different things. I mean, it does take time to yeah. get good at something. It takes dedication and, and practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, you know, for example, with music, like uh, I didn't have the discipline to put in all those hours into practice and I didn't really have the coordination, hand-eye coordination to do anything like that either. So <laughs> I don't um... have the hand-eye coordination. I've been playing piano for like 16, 17 years. <laughs> Still have very bad hand-eye coordination. Okay, that's comforting. To know. Yeah, I'm very much a klutz in real life, <laughs> but a lovable um, one yeah. nonetheless. <laughs> um, yeah, so you get to like kind of lean on the um, yeah the the expertise and also the kind of the joy of the other people, mm, like the nerdiness, yeah. you know, the um, intricate kind of. Uh, inner knowledge the knowledge of the inner workings of the discipline um and you know i think collaboration requires like not it doesn't require knowing everything that they know it requires appreciating that and kind of being with them in that sort of space of yeah joyful creation um i guess (laughs) yeah um yeah yeah so i i i love just knowing that you know, anything I create doesn't stop there. It it, it can have the, all these other lives, and it does it it does become something completely different. I mean, um, uh, Rebecca and I collaborated on. <laughs> I know. I want to talk about that. It was <laughs> yes. you did. It's yeah. such an amazing project. Well, I wanted to kind of. I mean, yeah, you're talking about how the the work that you do lives on in so many different yeah, other forms, wonderful. and you just published um, mm-hmm. your poetry, which is amazing. But I also set some of the poetry that you published to music in a concert setting too so it's amazing that and the project you're working on now as well as being set in a different form so I mean that's so amazing that how how like that must be so cool that it's living on in these other contexts through different perspectives and yeah I mean it's a total privilege like I yeah I I don't know why I mean probably other poets do as well but I'm like this is amazing. Like, why, why isn't everyone doing yeah. this? Like, if you can, if you can persuade a composer that's you know really good to to take your words and I mean it's incredibly vulnerable though. Like, but it is. I'm sure it is. It is incredible. But it, yeah. Um, what is? I'd be curious to know about because we just spoke to um, a duo, a band duo, Sharon and uh, the lead woman Maya. They. Use, a lot of the songs that they wrote, they used poetry she had written when she was much younger. So what is that like for you, that experience of taking your words and putting like a music to it? What, what is that like for you? I think 
poetry sometimes exists to be poetry yeah. um, and doesn't necessarily work in a musical context mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's something I'm I'm always learning about especially now like that it's happening more yeah um, I mean it's not that it doesn't work like I think you can always manipulate words to an extent that yeah. they work even if the words are like drawn out really long and yeah. um, so there's always that but it um, yeah it, it just totally shifts everything mm -hmm. about the work and it actually I mean especially you know with, with what we were doing like Rebecca and I were doing um where Rebecca set through my poems to music but especially what with what I'm doing now mm -hmm. um it has a different life in the air when it's sung that and there's probably loads of things that have been written about this but it's something like when think ideas are really complex as a poem they don't necessarily they kind of like don't necessarily all work mm. in in mm. song. I don't know what it is. Like I don't know what it is, but it. Um, I think it's that music itself is su is such a complex mm. medium mm -hmm. that it adds all this complexity to words, yeah. and it and it is um, yeah, it is very special. Um, hearing and it's n it's never whenever I've worked with a composer, I'm like, oh, it'll sound like this, you know. I always kind of have a preconception of what something might sound like. Um, but it never sounds like that yeah. at all. It's always different from what I expect, right. um, which is just, it creates this whole different world yeah. where it can exist. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know if that answers your question. No, totally. <laughs> I, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. I thought it was great. Your poetry, I mean, even in the rehearsal process, I mean, all of us were like, it's so <laughs> visceral <laughs> and evocative. It's yeah, truly some of the best poetry I've ever read. Yeah. And I'm not oh. just saying that. Um, I like really, it really like sits with you and resonates and it's just, um, yeah, I, we had to have a lot of meetings to, <laughs> to break it down we when did. we were working on yeah. it, but that was my favorite part of the process because I was like, all right, like we're going to take something that's really complex and you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's, um, it was a privilege to work on that with you. And, uh, I would love to ask you about your recent publication, which was taking a bunch of your poems and putting them all into one collection what was that process like and what was the inspiration behind that so thank you for asking <laughs> I <laughs> um yeah so I actually I mean I any poets that are listening hello <laughs> you will you will know what this is like if you like get a little bit of traction as a poet even like a tiny bit you're always seeing other poets who are getting published and in what you call pamphlets, which is like, mm. you know, it can be anywhere between 18 to 42 or whatever pages yeah. um, of poetry. So it's not a full collection, it's, it's, but it is a book. Mm. Um, and so always seeing that. And I, for ages, when I was like younger, when I was in my teens at the Bible King Young Poets, I was like, I really wanna get, you know, pamphlet, Published. At the Barbican. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, and um, I always do that. And um, yeah, so I, because I was like, I'm the shit, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it didn't, it didn't happen for ages. And I was like, all I need to do is just write some poems, put them all together, send them to a publisher, and they'll love them and they'll publish them, and that's it. Um, and it didn't happen. And then went to university, blah, 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 came back, and yeah. Um, and I'm really glad it didn't happen because I would have hated for my first pamphlet to be something that didn't really make sense as a whole, but yeah. was rather just like, you know, a bunch of poems that I sort of put together. I think it's never really that simple because obviously when you're writing, you're writing in a, in a space, mm -hmm. you know, if you write lots of stuff together, they all speak to each other in a way. But um, yeah, I kind of, as I did more stuff in film, as I did like, yeah, a bit more cross arts stuff I was like okay if I'm gonna do a pamphlet I need to I need it to be something that actually stands as, a, as its own mm -hmm. as a thing I don't want to just do it to you know tick the box on the poetry yeah. career because I didn't even know if that's the kind of poetry career I want to have right. um anymore so it, it it didn't it wasn't actually necessarily going to happen but it was by virtue of um basically I I came first in this competition last year um which was the Oxford Brooks Poetry, uh, International Poetry wow, Prize. So yeah. it, um, I, they, Oxford Brooks have like a poetry center that has um, a small press that publishes like pamphlets from poets. So um, yeah, after I 
won that competition, they approached me and they said, like, do you want to submit some poems to us? And we, you can have them considered as like a pamphlet. And yeah, eventually that's what that's what happened. But it actually, that wasn't the end of the, that was the beginning. Oh, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> that I actually, this year I was, you know, working on editing a lot of these poems yeah. that often weren't like, I was like, okay, I know this poem needs to be in the pamphlet, but not in the form it is currently because it's really bad at the moment. But it <laughs> needs to be there because it needs to, because there's this other poem and it needs to like be talking to that yeah, poem. Yeah. Um, and so there was a lot. So people were like, oh yeah, so you're like getting a like pamphlet published, which for, which for a lot of people is just like, they've written all the poems, they've done all the work. Mm. But for me, all the work was like, okay, I've now got like somebody who wants to yeah, publish yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. I need to like make these poems good. So it, it was quite <laughs> stressful, but it, incredible at the same time. So, so yeah, that was, I mean, the idea though was to, um, it, I mean, I'm quite, I did a classics degree. I'm quite like influenced by mythology. Mm. And the idea behind this pamphlet was to bring together mythology and trauma and like to use mythology as um the the way i mean we use stories often to deal with trauma and like we return to stories again and again like myths in the same way that we return to like unhealed wounds within us like the injustices that have just been true forever or or you know, sadly have been true forever um, or have changed, but they're sort of similar or there are echoes there. Um, and that, you know, I, after I, uh, you know, I've, yeah, kind of been through a bit of, bit of PTSD and, and that became a, a bit of a theme in my writing. And it also coincided with these poems that, yeah, were still touching on myth, but in this sort of new way. So yeah, that was the, that was the aim was to begin that, process I guess to begin that conversation in mm. yeah um in my own stuff yeah. thank you for sharing I mean it's I think it's yeah. it's really great to also hear about the inner workings of how you curate and change your poems for this collection which I'm excited I want to I want to yeah and I want to read it <laughs> yeah tell our listeners what it's called and where mm. people can purchase it um it's called he said I was a peach um, and you can purchase it on the Ignition Press website, um, which is on the Oxford Brooks University website. Um, and or you can like just send me a message. And I'll <laughs> send you we'll one. also have in, in our description box, and yeah, yeah. we'll yeah, have yeah, everything yeah, linked. But amazing. So. Uh, just stepping away a little bit, I want to kind of, I don't know, backtrack so much necessarily, but how did you get into filmmaking? What was that leap from poetry into film? And you mentioned earlier that your poetry kind of influences a lot of the beginnings of what you do um, in different mediums. And I don't think that's pretentious at all. I think it's quite beautiful. I think, well, I think film is very mm, rhythmic sometimes, or the films that I'm drawn to, at least, are very so much so. So, yeah, I would be curious to know how you first got into filmmaking and then what your journey has been like from that. And then I have another part of a question, but I don't want to overwhelm <laughs> So I'm just going to write it down. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I will answer this this part first. Um, uh, yeah, no, I... So I, I... When I was at school, when I was in um, sixth form, we call it, so I don't know the end stages of high school, oh, yeah. um, uh, I would... Um, we'd have a half day on Fridays and I'd come home from school and I'd watch three, two or three films back to back. Wow. Um, wow. I just kind of got very, very obsessed with film um, at that particular point in my life mm. for some reason. So I was, you know, set to do a classics degree, but was a bit of a, well, I was not a film buff. Mm. I do not class myself <laughs> as a film buff. But, um, you know, I would be a bit nerdy about, like, lots of different films, especially old films. Mm. And then um, would always tell people, even at university, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of thinking of going into film um, in, a, in a very, you know, throwaway way yeah. that many people do, I suppose. Um, and, yeah, I left, when I left university, I was like, well, why don't I just try? it and you know just wanted to like give it a go and but also bring to life a lot of the things in my head that I wanted to do I wanted to like tell stories in a visual way um, and poetry is doing that like 
poetry is often telling stories in a visual yeah, way. Yeah. Um, so I was just greedy. I just wanted to like do it all. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I so I don't know how did I start. I started with bits on the side doing like, weird little random internships that were actually nice because I met people through them rather yeah. than them like leading to full time jobs or anything. But mm -hmm. um, little like jobs on set and um, eventually yeah um, producing um, short films um, and being like first AD on short films and, and on like music videos and artist films yeah and then like I ended up directing one writing and directing one um, but it I don't know it, I had lots of plans to do all of these very narrative films mm -hmm. because when you start I think especially when you first well that this was my experience of starting in film anyway was that a lot of people in film want to do narrative yeah. Yeah. storytelling and, and quite like sort of down the line drama mm -hmm. and so I was like okay that's what I should be doing mm -hmm. and actually I, I think now that's not really the filmmaker that I am mm -hmm. but at that point I was writing a lot of these scripts that were trying to do that but I didn't really feel like they were mine I didn't really feel like they reflected what I really wanted mm -hmm. to do um, and then with You Look Fine which is my which is my first short um it it's kind of amazing. came out of like yeah. <laughs> thank you well it's a very very little it's very small and it was I initially wrote it because it was like this three minute you know film script competition it has to be three pages long and and obviously it didn't get anywhere but it actually was amazing to have been challenged with that because I was like okay well this did this thing happened to me and and it was a very small self-contained encounter and maybe I could make that into a film and it was um in the end, that film was trying to explore an experience. Yeah. It was trying to um, create a little microcosm of like what it feels like to be in in this particular like situation, yeah. Yeah. rather than anything that obviously things happen and, and those ha those are significant. <laughs> but I wasn't really interested in like you know, and here's the twist or right. like you know, I wasn't right. like the narrative was less important to me maybe than like the. Um, the way in which I was conveying someone else's experience yeah. and I think that kind of is like linked to poetry yeah, maybe yeah. Um, and yeah uh, it so but it but it it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a straightforward film to make it was quite even though it was very very small it was um, like pulling teeth in a way it was really isn't every short uh, I don't film know, it was, just yeah. that way yeah, yeah even no, it if is, it's just it's two true. people yeah. in a room and then you're like well wait where am I gonna get this room where am I gonna get these two yeah. people how am I gonna yeah I know exactly. it's, it's, it's a lot I <laughs> commend you for yeah. that though yeah oh, thank you yeah what was yeah. what was the most after that what did you take away from that film and I think oof um from the I mean, it, I, there are obviously things that you, you're always learning, um, which, which is, you know, that classic thing that gets mentioned a lot on this podcast, which is that film is always, there are always different kinds of films that uh, make up the umbrella of this one film and, yeah. and the film always changes. And um, yeah, I think being, I think I kind of leapt into making this extremely personal film uh, without, I don't think I was in a bad place mm -hmm. like you know I definitely was in a better place than I was when I wrote it but it um I don't think I realized how much support would be beneficial for me mm -hmm. through that process mm -hmm. and how actually prepare like laying the ground in that way is better in a way like yeah it was just lots of lessons yeah. um but it, it, but it but yeah it was really good I mean what was weird was a lot of the stuff fell in like the best stuff fell into place at the very last minute like it the, always does <laughs> both of, both, yeah both of the actors in it it was like three like three or four days before the shoot so like um, that's crazy you say that so one <laughs> yeah. of my best friends who we've not yet had the chance to interview but she's um her thesis film in college it had a very specific role that the main character had to fulfill both um ethnically and with age and we didn't find someone until 6 p.m. the night before we started shooting. Oh, my gosh. But we found someone, okay. and they were amazing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But it really Everything was. always, yeah, everything always um, has a way of working out at the last minute. For film? Yeah. I believe it. I yeah. think, 
Yeah, I think, yeah. I've had um, very similar situations in music as well. I mean, my one of my singers dropped out the night before a recital. Oh my and gosh. I had to find a replacement oh and teach them all the music. So it's, um, it's yeah. Every, but everything always comes together. It's like because we're not going to let it not come together. We're, you know, I think mm. people mm. are just want to see things through. And yeah. we don't let it not happen. Um, well, what you're working on right now is melding your poetry and experience in film into sort of one big project. Um, would you like to introduce to our listeners what that is and, you know, pitch it to us? Why, why should, yeah, you know, why should people donate? There's a big crowdfund going on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, it's, um, so it's the Sticks, S-T-Y-X, um, and it's, which is the underworld um, in Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this project is, wow, it is, um, we're calling it a film opera. It's a way of bringing together poetry, cinema, and contemporary classical music and opera in a way that, um, doesn't, like, it does get done, but not as often as you would think Mm -hmm. it gets done, Mm -hmm. especially, I just, yeah. No, well, I can't think of anything particularly in film. You know, hmm. I can't. I can't really think of anything. So I'm very excited and intrigued. I think this is wonderful. Keep talking. <laughs> what it's going to be in the end is a film. Um, it's going to have a score underneath it, with um, this this opera, which is a text that I wrote, which was originally kind of poetry mm-hmm. that has been set to music by Athanasia Contu, mm-hmm. who is an incredible composer. Um, that. Yeah, I have the privilege of working with and calling my friend and, yeah, being sung by Helena Mathiasen, um, who is incredible. She's so good. Um, so we're recording the score at the moment and we're um, we're recording the final thing next week. Uh, well, it'll be the, the 30th of October for your listeners and that will underpin the film. And what the, the concept is, is it's based on um, trauma therapy which I went through in 2019, um, which is a very, it's a very specific kind of trauma therapy called EMDR, which is incredibly surreal. And I don't know if, yeah, if anyone's listening who's been through it, they'll understand that it's quite hard to explain to other people how different it is from talking therapy or CBT or anything. It's just very, very different. It's very, um, yeah, it feels like you're accessing your memories and, um, it's, so it's the process of someone going through that that then becomes this parallel journey through the underworld. Mm-hmm. And Persephone, the goddess Persephone, who uh, is the queen of the underworld in Greek mythology, um, guides the protagonist um, through their own the ghosts of their own traumatic memories. And, um, and in the end, it's about kind of reclaiming that world, that, that, that your own story, um, which is the way that... I think it's almost like what Brené Brown says <laughs> um, in like reclaiming the stories that that are our own is that you yeah um, gain power over them and um, they don't own you anymore. So it yeah that's kind of what it's about because I I sort of um, I think all of the narratives around sexual assault specifically but also trauma generally um, don't really focus on the healing. Uh, it's this really big elephant in the room for me but it's just not something that in popular culture whenever you see any especially around like female stories is like we 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 see them like we see the crime perpetrated often on screen and then we see the perpetrator go to court usually and then get convicted or not uh, and that's the end of it and that doesn't feel like true for the majority of people who go through experiences like that it's you know, the whole court thing is usually not, doesn't even happen. Um, But other than that, it's, beyond that, it's kind of what happens to the people who've had to, had to go through that. Like, how does, yeah, I mean, we've, we kind of, I I feel like often we're um, training people not to believe that their own healing is possible. And for many people, it's not very straightforward at all. Like, and it isn't ever straightforward. Um, but for the acute symptoms of PTSD, um, you know, 
that is something to be taken seriously. It's not something that you have to believe that you have to live with. Um, so it, yeah, I, I kind of that was my that was that was my impetus. That was my like yeah the the thing that really spurred me on to to make this and and that's why um, we when you know when I was working last this time last year like in the middle of the pandemic. Athanasia, the composer, came to me and, you know, we've collaborated before and we wanted to do something again. And um, she said, well, why don't we make a film? Because no live performances were happening. I was like, OK, if we're going to make a film, we're going to do it properly. Yeah. And if we're going to do this project, we're going to do it properly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because this is, such, this is such an important, like, topic yeah. to, you know, yeah, we want to invest in it and and really um, also gain the expertise of other people because we're not enough, like we don't have the expertise on our own. And that all takes like finance. So that's that's what spurred us on to do a, um, a an application to the Arts Council. Um, that's where we got um, some funding from them. Amazing. So that's how we're able to do this stage mm -hmm. of the project. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but we, as part of that, um, the agreement was to crowdfund like a, a big chunk of it. So that's why we're crowdfunding at the moment. Um, and also, you know, we, we actually only, we do only have funding up to a certain point. So whatever we crowdfund now, also like, yeah, any extra goes into the, the later stages, right. which we, we haven't like got any funding for yet at all. Right. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, so yeah. that's the long-winded no, <laughs> pitch of this it. project. I, no, I love it. Thank I, you yeah. for sharing too. And I think that it goes without saying that this is a phenomenal project to have on everyone's radar and if you can donate donate um to the fundraiser which we will link to everything but can you just quickly tell us where people can donate yes um uh it's on indiegogo um that we're yeah fundraising and it's the sticks a film opera um i'm sure if you just type that in you'll find it <laughs> yeah it will come up hopefully yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah what an important and um much needed story that you are telling so thank you for opening up about it and um we are so excited to to see to see to see it and to and hear more about it process. yeah the process so um maybe so you can come recording. back and do a oh yeah i love that We'd once love everything's this. done um, <laughs> yeah so for for so so you're doing the recording of the of the of the song of the composition this upcoming mm. week what are the next stages after to, to get to through production and then after that yeah well we're so we're recording the score and then actually after that we have a um roundtable discussion that's happening as part of this stage of the project that's going to be one of the last things that happens um which means that like it's going to be a live streamed kind of conversation between um people who are interested in trauma emdr therapy um yeah. healing through through the arts that kind of thing um a panel of, of four people with athanasia and me hosting so that's for the that's for everyone that's for the public to kind of yeah to to talk about the topics that this um project touches on because mm -hmm. i think it's mm -hmm. important to to yeah bring people in yeah. into that discussion um and then um <laughs> raising money <laughs> again mm -hmm. for the for the film um hopefully we will be um well i mean in an ideal scenario we would be going into filming in spring or summer next yeah. year um yeah, yeah. given the way that um i don't know like <laughs> everything is crazy right now yeah. with film yeah. it is so busy and it doesn't look like it's going to get any less busy um over the winter as it I mean, it normally does, but I don't think it is. So, right. yeah, uh, who knows where we're going to be? And we also need the money to do it. So, um, yeah, so it, I mean, we'll hopefully yeah. get all of that um, and devise. I mean, I've, I wrote a script, uh -huh. um, but that's going to change completely because, <laughs> well, not completely, but it, um, it's, it, as you, you know, as you know, like you have the poem and then you set it to music and then it's a different thing altogether. So then it requires a different, a different script. So yeah, um, uh, we're working with, um, Sam Rayner, who's a movement director who, um, is gonna, um, yeah, help us bring this into the Amazing. third dimension. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I just 
film it. Yeah. <laughs> she said casually, film, film it. it. <laughs> and then, um, and then, yeah, bring it all together. And mm-hmm. I mean, I at the moment, we're not quite sure, um, yeah, right. whether it will even be appropriate for film festivals mm. because film festivals are, are their own, they love stratification. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but, it, but there are a lot of experimental ones, but also we wonder whether there should be some kind of public screening of it anyway so right, right, um, right. Th- that we host. So, yeah, um, mm-hmm. all of these these things to, um, yeah, to come. So, but, yeah, that's the that's the general. Yeah. <laughs> the no, I think it's quite interesting. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else finds this stuff interesting. I find scheduling incredibly interesting. Because <laughs> <Especially how laughs> we're producers. <laughs> yes, right, especially how things come yeah. together and, and the different elements behind it and every film has its own like, needs. Um, but I... I it's it's awesome that you're starting with the music because generally mm. having also working with Rebecca and being close friends with her is something that comes last um, mm-hmm. for for obvious yeah. reasons. Like, yeah, certainly I when it's uh, yeah, certainly when it's um, non diegetic music or underscore, you know. But in this case, the music is the, the opera the is driving, central. Yeah. To, it is the driving mm. force, and you need to have that settled and recorded and have all the kinks worked out before you can even think about filming it which is which makes the process really really um even more complex so um hats off to you (laughs) yeah it It is um i i learned the hard way um so (laughs) i mean it's so it basically it's going to be kind of like filming a musical or like filming a music video mm-hmm. and I've actually filmed a music uh, 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 I've produced um a musical it was a satirical pop opera artist <laughs> film but you know, still, still a musical um and we tell me more the <laughs> this is Guy Oliver's you know nothing of my work um oh, okay. and um uh yeah which was a um Joe at FBU film um and is now been nominated for the Jarman Award, so artist film people know what that means, but nominated people do. Um, but it, um, it, yeah, we we didn't have the final tracks in place, and Guy, who was he's the director, the artist, the on-screen actor, um, was lip-syncing all of the songs, yeah. so we didn't even have like a guide. We had guide tracks in the form of the composer Susie mm-hmm. <laughs> playing like we on my keyboard oh playing my on set oh my god um, <laughs> yeah with, with a metronome yeah so wow. and then afterwards we recorded it and then we had oh, to change the music so that it synced wow. with his lips so that wouldn't recommend really that? tricky oh my gosh <laughs> yeah geez, um so yeah. I learned the hard way that you have to start with the score <laughs> if well, you're gonna do anything yeah like that. I mean this is not kind of related, but what I loved about Tom Hooper's Les, Les Miserables was that the singing was all live. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was amazing, but of course the score was finalized. I mean, Les, everyone knows Les Mis. It's been, yeah. you know, around for years, and every, nothing was changing about that score, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. I always thought that was cool. that was really cool, too, but that's also really hard to do. I mean, especially when you're yeah. doing take after take, and you're you know, yeah. belting out on my own, which is like a heart wrenching <laughs> song, and you have to do it over and over again. But I mean, mm. yeah, the, it's uh, yeah, it's hats off to you, seriously. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. um, yeah, I cannot, w- I cannot wait. Like, I know, I, me I'm, too. I'm, at the I'm, end I'm of very my seat. excited, <laughs> and I, I'm, I encourage all of our listeners to check mm. out, check out the Indiegogo and donate if you can, because um, there are just so many incredible people working on this and it's a story that needs to be heard and yeah um yeah yeah. thank you yeah Yeah. we're we're trying to do it all properly we're trying to yeah uh, i mean the arts council like unlike um other funding bodies which i shall not mention (laughs) but um you have to pay everyone like properly um and that like every single person on the project for all of the time so which is like wow okay (laughs) i'm putting a lot of time into this so um and many people are so yeah that's what we're i mean it yeah that's that's what we're trying to do with it um throughout the process it's amazing. <laughs> so yeah. no, um, it's, it's going to be quite like a big mountain to climb but mm-hmm. yeah but so important exciting. and instrumental in making arts more accessible for more people yeah too. absolutely that's that's the so, that's the main thing yeah yeah and we were we often i think come to this point in the podcast where it's like where would we be without art 
So fund your mm. artists, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, it's yeah. so amazing that um, everyone we talk to, mm. I mean, sure, we say, okay, they're a songwriter or they're a filmmaker or they're a poet. Artists. But every single one of, I mean, I think we're, we're just artists and we like working with other people and collaborating. And that's yeah. what I love about this podcast is because we get to hear about all these collaborations and how how they fortify these ideas and stories and bring people together. And um, you are certainly no exception to that. So, I mean, you're just such a collaborative person. And, um, yeah. I'm so glad that that we met by by happen oh, <laughs> like you know what like in the most I yeah I worked with a pianist at Royal College of Music for Showcase and she introduced me to Catherine Hooper who's a soprano and saying they were looking to commission a female composer for this recital they were giving and then they connected me with Katie. Wow. <laughs> who was there like, you know, we want to get some original poetry in here. And then Katie and I just met. <laughs> we got along like oh, instantly. Ama- well, yeah. yeah. So um yeah. it was beautiful. I'm, it was such a lovely It was like, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It and was a great experience, honestly. Such yeah. a unique just... process of going through your poetry and trying to create again something new from it. Some not not entirely new, but picking a story from it like a, a different yeah, story yeah um, but you were so like you 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 were so kind of um focused on um yeah having these three different poems like having a kind of narrative that ran through them yeah. that did make them greater than the sum of their parts like honestly it, it really did it <laughs> elevated that it really did i mean it, 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 i'm not being funny it's like <laughs> they're, they're, they're very like it was a, it yeah. was a way of storytelling that i'm I mean, it's very mysterious to me because I'm not a composer. So it, it was just, yeah, extraordinary and, yeah, so wonderful to... I just wanted to been, quote yeah. Swan Lake <laughs> in one of the pieces, and I got to do that. I got to quote Tchaikovsky. <laughs> so even Amazing. if it's just for a measure... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, Katie, thank you so, yeah, so much seriously. for coming on. I mean, this was a really special conversation, and... Um, I'm so glad we finally did it because you've also been a really big supporter of the podcast when yeah. we first met. I love and, this podcast. Um, <laughs> so it means a lot that you get to come on finally and we get to learn about Sticks, the film opera. Yeah. And, um, and all of your other work. I'm so, the I, every time I meet one of Rebecca's friends from the UK, I'm so sad that our plans fell through. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I, I seriously, I, I, well, first of all, I wish all the best of luck. And we are anchored. We can't wait to follow the sticks. Uh, yeah, sixth journey and your journey after that and for and into the future. And now that you've been on even before, please keep us in the loop of things. We love yeah. cultivating and sharing the work that our featured artists have done and are doing. Um, so we mm. want to continue. To yeah. Be in touch. <laughs> oh my God. This has been so much fun. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. And the, just as a reminder, the crowdfund ends October 30th. Is that what you said? Uh, October 31st. October oh, 31st. amazing. Okay. Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy to remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so by the time this episode drops, you still have plenty of time to donate. Not plenty yes. of time, but you know, get it. You can get it. Get it. Get, get your button in. here. <laughs> the the last it. final and stretch. This is, I'm yeah. not, I'm and, not, and also, it's not going to stop there. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop have some more. yeah. So yeah. follow uh, yes. the, follow Katie and follow the, the film, the film opera, because there'll be more mm. opportunities. And also, I have been on the soapbox before, but I will say again, one dollar and one pound can go so far to just helping mm. crowdfunding yeah. like this. Seriously, it goes... So far, especially if you just feel like, okay, I have one, I have one dollar, I can donate it. That can help cover a big portion of someone's meal for the day. So yeah. if that, that's how I like to break it down. So yeah. I encourage you to donate. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, not to end on this note, but the, for the algorithm as well. Yes. Like it really, yes. Like, that's, that's the way in which, unfortunately, yeah, these all of the stuff get, operates. Yeah. yeah. Noticed. Yeah. And we have to work within the work within the inner workings we have to understand these things so that we can push the yeah. projects that yeah. we love and know forward yeah. that need that kind mm-hmm. of support um mm-hmm. and not just no offense another film bros you know glorification of his first like wet dream 
<laughs> right? I, I'm not I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> but this is this is hopefully something that you haven't seen before. Oh, for <laughs> sure. It, it sounds so unique um, and interesting and Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh I can't wait. No, thank you so much. Yeah. It means so much to yeah, yeah to hear you say that and yeah, no, it's been yeah. Absolutely. And if you Pleasure. ever really ever are making a film stateside, hit me up. <laughs> I know who yeah. to contact. Karen yes. is a fantastic <laughs> producer, AD, filmmaker, writer, anything. She can do it. So. Oh, I wish. Oh my god. It was so nice <laughs> to maybe work maybe the three of us can collaborate and oh my god, like, you know that wouldn't that be, be so, so awesome. awesome. Um, the film. Oh, that would be so much fun. So, 2024, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, t- take care of this b- this baby first. I mean, yeah, yeah. this is, oh, this yeah, is a big baby. So, yeah. yes, it is. Lots yeah. of nurturing oh and, and caring. Lots of love. <laughs> Lots, Lots of, kids, of love. Yeah. LOL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah, changing the yeah. narrative. Let's do it. Anyway, <laughs> we would <laughs> love it if you could sign off for us. Tell people where people can find you, what your website is, where people can find um, more information about the sticks, what your Instagram for that is. Absolutely. Um, my name is Katie Byford. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Byford Katie. You can follow me uh, on Twitter at Byford Poet. Follow the sticks film <laughs> opera at the sticks underscore film opera <laughs> think i'm getting these all right um and my website's kmrbyford.com uh which has most of the links there um but also just you know say hi like i'm i'm a person too like yeah. i'm very happy to like it's just so i don't know being in a, an artist in the in a pandemic is um mm-hmm. i don't know we the sense of community is um is really important so if yeah, if you ever want to like talk about what I'm doing or want, I mean, I don't think I'm in a position to give anyone advice. Maybe, maybe the one thing I would say is like, don't think about everything that you do as all of your hobbies as things you can monetize yeah, um, and make into your career. Because actually, it's quite nice having hobbies. Yeah. Um, I guess that's that's the only thing I would say. But yeah. Um, Katie, yeah. thank you so much thank for being you. here yeah. today. Oh, no, this has been amazing. Thank you so much to Katie for coming onto the show. It's been a long time coming, and um, it was just so amazing to catch up and to hear about your work, which when we were working together, we didn't really get to delve into um, so much. So it was just really such a privilege um, to be just to have this conversation with you. And to our listeners, we... I, really really hope you go check out um not only katie's work but um the film opera that is currently underway Uh, it's really something that is so unique so um be sure to check out the links in our description um and check it out and donate if you can and you can follow Katie at Byford Katie on Instagram and at Byford Poet on Twitter and Byford Poet on Twitter. Uh, if you are interested in finding out about more about our podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at the Podcast Imperfect. If you would like to be a featured artist and come out to our show, you can always DM us or write us an email at the Podcast Imperfect at gmail.com you can always find out more about our artists on our still super brand new website thepodcastandperfect.com mm-hmm. uh, we keep it very simple the branding we have yes, great branding yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you would like to find out more about me you can follow me on instagram at quiet open space all one word and you could follow me at rebecca nisco music and um yeah that's that's it i mean thank you so much for listening yeah (laughs) thank you for listening thank you to katie again for coming on um and just what a lovely way for our saturday to wrap up our october yeah Yeah. stop it (laughs) i I cannot um i know it's basically crazy to me i mean yeah it's like basically november yeah we have a week left i know and so much is happening in November. It's amazing. I can't wait for everything that's gonna that's to come. Yeah. So. Um, <sighs> we hope you have a rest, a, a beautiful rest of um, October. October. Enjoy the small weather before yeah. winter comes in. Yeah. Have a happy uh, Halloween. Have the like, happy Halloween. Have yeah. a happy and safe Halloween. Be you know be safe out there. COVID still. Yeah 
still a thing. Yep. Oh, Um, and um, now that we're moving into November, just keep in mind, you can vote locally. It's really important. Thank you. I'm not telling you who to vote for. Voting (laughs) at the regional level is is just as important. important. In the United States, (laughs) it's coming up um, the first week of November, so... November 2nd. Karen and I will be going to the polls. Together, yes. <laughs> Together. as a little imperfect moment. Yes. Um, so um, please be sure yeah. that you know um, to, to just, just check in with your local elections, see what's going on, and, and go and vote. Yeah. And yeah. vote. <laughs> Look at us. We're like, be careful with COVID. <laughs> go, <laughs> go vote. vote. <laughs> go uh, donate to artists. Go donate to artists. Um, well, Which anyway, you should. Um, we should, always. Um, so... Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and and we hope you have a wonderful day.